everybody that's all uh, man horn. This is Benjamin Wednesday. This is Jerry, co driver of the Cat Monster Truck. This is David Smith with King Crunch. Hey, this is Darren Basil. Hey, this is Mark Shreya, the driver of the Devastator Monster Truck. I'm Gary Shunt Jr. Hey, this is Barry Moose and you're listening to AllMonster.com Beyond the Land. A picture or a video may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes bigger stories not always told. We are a program dedicated to telling you those stories with analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. Hello and welcome to our one-year anniversary of AllMonster.com's Beyond the Lens, formerly on track. I want to thank everybody that's been a part of Beyond the Lens for this first year. And as we did for the very first episode last year, we are doing a Las Vegas World Finals recap, rerun, whatever you want to call it. This week I am joined by Ed Hollywood Horman, as well as D-Money Dustin Hart, and we will be counting down all the action for you. We had two people in attendance, including Dustin and Steve Perry at the World Finals. They're going to give us the rundown. We've been able to take a look at all the freestyle runs, all the racing action, and uh, we will be bringing you our analysis as well as some insider information on the event. So let's get right to it. And Dustin was there for the whole Double Down experience this week and had a great time to my knowledge. So wanted to get your thoughts on the event uh, as a whole, starting with the qualifying portion of things. Dustin, what did you have for us? Well, uh, starting off Friday night, we had a, a number of interesting things going down. Um, you know, as far as the first practice session goes, uh, Pablo Huffaker was definitely on kill there. Uh, he laid down a pretty fast pass with his first practice pass, and I think he kind of set the tone for the weekend as far as what was going to be, um, you know, tough to beat as far as, you know, the times go. Um, you know, Pablo was very consistent throughout the night with his practice passes and eventually his qualifying pass. He looked pretty tough. It felt like I felt like had he been able to maybe get that turn down just a little bit better, he would have been one of the guys to beat. Um, saw some interesting uh, action going down in the turns. We saw a few guys get out of shape. Um, Jimmy Creighton had a spectacular save, and I think was probably just the second practice run of the night, and uh, just ma- barely managed to bring the truck back around. Um, Charlie Pawkin also in the final practice run of the first practice round. Had a pretty spectacular save himself. Uh, happened to clip one of the turning cars there. Got the truck high sided and was just barely able to bring the thing down and then complete his pass. Um, some other things to note: uh, John Zimmer and Amsel shock therapy, as I think most people are well aware of, was having some pretty bad engine trouble uh, Friday night, and uh, he had some problems the night before with uh, I believe John had told me it was the fuel pump, and they thought they had it fixed. Came in and. It was pretty clear the truck was still not a hundred percent, and uh, you know that ended up translating over. They couldn't get things squared away in time before qualifying. It was still down on power. Uh, moving on to qualifying, uh, we saw very early on that uh, the bar was going to be set very high. Dennis Anderson laid down a pretty blistering pass with a uh, fifteen sixty nine, and I think everybody in the stadium knew that that was going to be a tough mark to top. And then- and then shortly thereafter, Dennis's blistering pass, we saw Tom Mentz make a pretty fast pass of his own, coming up just one one-hundredth of a second short of Dennis Anderson's time with a 15.70. Those two were definitely very fast on that track. Uh, Lindsey Wink had a great pass himself with a uh, 16.13. He looked very smooth in that qualifying pass. I was actually surprised to see uh, he wasn't faster. And... Uh, you know, one of the surprises in qualifying for me, I think, was Candace Jolly. I mean, she was in the top eight last year, but had she been able to 
fix a couple of things with her turn and her qualifying pass. I think she could have been uh, close to the sub-16 second range as well. She was very smooth on her qualifying pass. Um, Mark McDonald, who's been pretty consistent in Vegas, you know, he's regularly a fast guy on that course, picked up the sixth place qualifying spot with a 16.34. Uh, Charlie Pawkin was pretty aggressive all night in, in uh, practice and qualifying. And uh, it, his qualifying pass was probably the most tame of them all. Uh, it seemed like he had been really, really aggressive going into that turn. And uh, he toned it down a little bit, it looks like, for his qualifying pass. And it did hurt his time a little bit. He came in with a 16.37. And then I think probably the shocker of the night, and uh, no offense towards Chad Fortune, but I don't think many of us saw him getting a top eight spot with a really good pass in a 16.41. From there on out, it was uh, the times were kind of all over the board. We saw some guys you know, in the 16 and 17 second range, and then we had some unfortunate breakage with uh, Leo Donnell and Ironman. Unfortunately, he didn't get to finish his pass. Uh, both Adam Anderson and Jim Kohler ended up on their lids in pretty similar fashion, just hooking as they got into the turn and just right on their lid pretty quickly. So that pretty much sums up qualifying. Definitely just a few things to add there. Uh, as far as qualifying session, John Zimmer, I was able to speak with him uh, after the show had reached its conclusion. They had a couple of electrical issues as well with uh, just a couple of freak things happened. Uh, mag burn up as well on the truck. Just just multiple freak things happened there. And uh, then, of course, at the end of freestyle, his engine did, uh, did let go on him. Uh, we'll get more to the subject of engines and uh, breakage, of course, going along with freestyle later on. But uh, also wanted to give that that shout out to uh, to both Candace Charlie and and Chad Fortune. Uh, they recovered. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jolly actually spun her truck around uh, during one of the practice or qualifying sessions, and uh, that can really shake you up. And it was nice to see her recover and uh, have a solid World Finals as well as Chad Fortune. So. Nicely done with that, and uh, we move on to racing where we had some unfortunate happenings, some people break through, uh, not the closest runs that we've seen as in years past. There were several photo finishes at other world finals. Uh, this one, unfortunately, was not the case with all the races. Dustin, you'd like to fill us in on that a little bit? Yeah, things definitely got started off pretty interestingly with the uh, the first round matchup, the first of the first round matchups, uh, Norm Miller and Batman and Jim Kohler and Avenger. Uh, these two were fairly close together in the turns, and then that's where things kind of went went haywire. Uh, Jim Kohler was all over the place, uh, up the side of the freestyle center stack and all over the place. Uh, Norm Miller spun out a little bit and managed to regain and collect himself and get the win. We also saw uh, Jimmy Creighton take out George Balhan, and I think after watching his first pass in racing, we thought he was going to go far. Uh, he looked very smooth. Uh, he was definitely pretty fast on the course that night, and it was there's some talker going around the crowd that maybe this was Jimmy's year. It seemed like he was very fast. Uh, then an interesting race with Stone Crusher and shock and the Amsoil Shock Therapy. Uh, Steve Sims was able to come out on top, but uh, neither truck was able to, to uh, continue on. Uh, I haven't heard yet what happened to Stone Crusher, but. Uh, Shock therapy, of course, was dealing with some electrical and various engine issues. So neither of those two were able to advance. So George Balham was the one that received the reprieve and moved on to the second round. Moving on to some of the second round highlights, we saw Jimmy Creighton take out a hard charge in Chad Fortune and Superman, who was kind of the surprise of the night before in qualifying. And then George Balham took advantage of his reprieve and took out Candace Jolly in a very close race. Definitely one of the closest races of the night. Uh, 
Valley came away with the win by maybe a bumper, if that. Uh, Pablo Huffaker then took out Damon Bradshaw in the U.S. Air Force afterburner. And uh, Chad Tingler, who was pretty strong all night in racing, he was able to take out Charlie Pawkin and Monster Mutt. And then probably one of the biggest stories out of the night was the third-round matchup between Jimmy Creedon, Bounty Hunter, Dennis Anderson, and Gravedigger. And uh, this was shaping up to be quite an epic battle. And for the most part, it was, but unfortunately, Gravedigger started sounding really bad coming down the uh, straightaway, spitting a lot of smoke, and it was clear that there was something very bad going wrong in the motor and uh, Gravedigger, and Jimmy Creighton was able to come away with the win. And then maybe one of the biggest surprises of the night in racing was George Balhan taking out Pablo Huffaker. It was probably one of the smoothest all night long. And then we move on to the semifinals here. Jimmy Creighton eventually, you know, finally had to knock out George Balhan and end his night. And then Tom Mentz, who we haven't mentioned a whole lot here so far, was just on a rail. Uh, dude was fast all night long. Seemed like it was going to be very hard to top him. He able to, he was able to take out Lindsey Wink and the Lucas Oil Crusader after Lindsey got got in the turn a little bit too hot, hooked, and the truck just went right over. And uh, moving on to the uh, championship race, the one we were all anticipating, it was Tom Mentz uh, just crushing Jimmy Creighton's hopes for that title. Uh, he got a feel for Jimmy's fifth time in the finals and came up just short. Uh, I think Tom had the better racing lane. And uh, he had the more optimal lane to race in. Uh, I don't believe Creighton had spent much time in that other lane throughout the weekend. And, uh, you know, Tom was able to pick up the win there by about two truck lengths, I believe. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a big surprise to see Tom pick up the win. I felt like a lot of people were thinking maybe this was Jimmy's year. He was so close. But, uh, you know, once again, it just seems like when it comes to that final round, just something happens. He's not able to put everything in line for just one more race and pass and pick up that victory. You know, Dustin, that's the one thing that I was just about to hit on from your from it too is definitely with Jimmy is, you know, he got to the finals and it's something about that last race that gets him. And uh I was really impressed by the performance of Tom Mintz. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't pick Tom at all in my top four uh picks from last week and, and after um reading on the live blog that I followed uh during practice and qualifying um, I was like, ooh, man, you know, maybe maybe I should change my pick from uh, putting Tom up there because, like you said, he was on a rail. Uh, the other thing, one thing I want to touch on, George Bellhan and uh, Chad Fortune. Uh, I've been hyping on Chad Fortune all this whole year about him uh, being imp- impressing me more. And uh, this year, with the qualifying that he got, it really impressed me. Uh, I see good things from him, bigger things from him coming next year. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's a step. Maybe he can step his game up even more than what he's at now, and uh, and and get a racing title or something like you know get a racing title or even win more races uh, racing at uh, individual stadiums. Uh, George Bellhan, uh, great performance all around in racing. Uh, really impressed by him. Dustin, you got anything else to add? Yeah, well, uh, racing probably wasn't as you know the most spectacular we'd seen in recent years. Um, it definitely was setting the bar, though, for a pretty wild freestyle show. Uh, you could kind of just feel it in the air that there were gonna, there was going to be a lot of guys really going out there and going for it. And, uh, boy, sure enough, freestyle was absolutely insane. Probably one of the wildest freestyle events in recent history. And uh, it was quite the spectacle. And now we're waiting for the part of the show that everybody likes. Freestyle at the Monster Jam World Finals is where it's at. And we decided since there's 24 trucks, we were going to divide it into fourths and do 
our highlights and our thoughts of the first six, second six, third six, and so on. And uh, going along with that, we had as the first batch, Nitro Circus, Batman, Spider-Man, Monster Mutt Dalmatian, Iron Man, and Backdraft as the first six trucks out. And uh, this was a key part of the field, obviously, with Cam McQueen and Nitro Circus going out there and earning a 32 right off the bat and uh, doing a backflip. And I personally, from being in Vegas last year, I thought he was going to try it last year. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't get far enough in his run to be able to try something. Um, you knew you knew he was going to give it a shot off of something. Uh, no fear in this guy whatsoever. Crazy Canadian ended up pulling it off right away. And uh, guys, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on Cam McQueen immediately, and then as well the other the other part of the first six. Uh, last week I did predict that he'd do the backflip uh, going into the event. I kind of thought he would, but after I said it, I, I was getting my doubts and didn't think he actually would pull it off. But it was it was a great sight to see Cam do that. The one thing I got from it was I I kind of feel that they shouldn't have put Cam out there first. Um, they knew that they I mean they obviously had a feeling he was going to go out there and do that, and he kind of set the bar a little high for some of the trucks to go out there and do things, and uh, that you know some of the trucks tried doing backflips and maybe some of them didn't even need to do that. And eventually the winner didn't do a backflip and won it. So eh, I think it's kind of kind of a situation where he set the bar kind of high for some of the people and they kind of drove over their heads. Well, it kind of set the tone for the night, though, overall. I mean, really, that at the atmosphere at the Sam Boyd Stadium during Cam McQueen's run was absolutely electric. And then when, you know, he finally got to, got to do the backflip, that place just went off. If there had been roof there, if there had been a roof there, it had been blown right off crowd was going absolutely insane i mean it was an it was an excellent run really I, I would consider that like a breakout performance for cam mcqueen not that he's done bad in previous stadium performances or anything like that he's done some stellar stuff before but that was a fantastic freestyle run uh you couldn't ask for any better out of cam for you know a world finals run i mean the guy was one point away on the second tiebreaker from taking the win i mean it was an absolutely incredible run uh, you know, he had some great air, some great combinations, you know, the backflip and was able to keep going for at least two more jumps. I mean, it was, it was a great run. I don't have any complaints about it. I felt that Cam did a fine job in representing himself along with the whole Nitro Circus crew. So, I mean, it was a spectacular performance. I agree with you, Dustin. And I, di I didn't really think about what you just said in the context of that when um, I thought about, you know, him going out there first, so you're bringing up a valid point. Uh, the one thing I want to mention is that Cam is the first person to start with, um, to start uh, freestyle and end up being in the hot seat the whole event, so congratulations to him on that, and congratulations to him on his actual run, too, because it was fantastic. And after Cam got things rolling with an awesome start, we saw Norm Miller come out in Batman, and uh, there was a lot of speculation as to what we could expect out of Norm. We hadn't seen him at the World Finals before, and this was his first time back in the seat in quite some time this season. But uh, Norm came out and did a fine job. Uh, really, you know, he had some great moments. Uh, ended up his freestyle with an absolutely spectacular finish. Uh, hit the backside of the center hill the past vertical leap that stuffed the back of the truck right in the top of the hill uh, absolutely annihilated that Batman body. But uh, it was quite a spectacular moment, and it kept the crowd going. 
Most definitely it did, and, and the one thing that I saw from it was it definitely took the doubters out that Norm Miller should be there into that Batman truck. Uh, I thought he did it spectacular, like you said. He did some great moves, and definitely in my mind, he deserved to be there, and he deserved that spot in that Batman, unlike what other people had thought previously going into the event. Most definitely, Norm did a fine job representing himself in the Batman team. Moving on to the next run, we had Candace Jolly, Monster Month Dalmatian. Uh, Candace did a fantastic job herself, really got some great air, put together a pretty fine run for herself, and uh, worked in a great slap wheelie, did the first donuts of the night, really did a great job. You're right, Dustin, and to me, that was her best run in Vegas, and I'm, I'm impressed. I can't wait to see what she does next year in that Monster Mutt Dalmatian, and hopefully she can do better in freestyle and racing and just up her game. Like she, It seems like she's been doing every year there. Oh, most definitely. Uh, she did a fine job this year, really improved quite a bit. Um, we've seen a lot of growth out of Candace Jolly from the time she started in this sport, and uh, she's really becoming somebody you have to watch out for every uh Every event, I mean, this year she did a fantastic job the whole weekend, uh, you know, had a great qualifying pass, was competitive in racing, and uh, put together a fantastic freestyle run. And she's definitely becoming a uh, good role model for the uh, girls out there and the ladies out there. I know that we see a lot of uh, young ladies and, and girls come up to her and ask for autographs like that, so she's good ambassador to them, which is awesome to see. Oh, most definitely. Uh, Candace actually also uh, won the humanitarian, uh, won a Humanitarian of the Year award this year at the World Finals Banquet, so congratulations to Candace. Yeah, guys, there's nothing like seeing that extra effort being put in for the fans, especially the female fans of Monster Jam, and uh, keeping it classy. You know, that's that's a good thing to see. Uh, as Dustin alluded to, you know, Candace has been able to learn from people like Paul Cohen, Charlie Pock, and, and uh, her fiancé, Neil Elliott. And those are some of the best names in the sport right there. I remember distinctly seeing her in Indianapolis uh, a couple years ago, and she took Tom Mintz to the line in racing. And uh, she's no slouch. You know, I also think that something that sort of got overlooked was, you know, she spun that truck around. I believe it was in the, either the practice round uh, or the qualifying. I believe it was practice in Thunder Alley, and and that's something that's not easy to recover from as a driver. You know, you make you make some big mistake, and uh, you know maybe you only have another couple of runs to get down before you're thrown into the show on, under the big lights, and uh, that was cool to see. I think she had one of her best freestyle runs of her career in Vegas, and I look forward to seeing more from the Monster Mutt Dalmatian team in the future. Um, also want to throw something in there quickly about uh, Nitro Circus, Cam McQueen, and the backflip. Uh, I do agree. I think that he had a, uh, a great run. I think that uh, we actually alluded to this in an earlier podcast, uh, Orlando's show, that uh, Jeremy Slift going backdraft took the victory in. Uh, Cam had a good run there, too, and uh, sort of underrated there. Uh, just for the simple fact that he didn't really tear anything up and uh, didn't get a victory. But he's he's been progressing. He wins races, too, now. Uh, was on the same team as uh, you know Adam Anderson and Taz, and uh, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't picking Adam's brain every week and uh, trying to get more information out of him to run better. And uh, it's paid off for Cam. Congratulations to him. Uh, definitely impressed a lot of people. If people didn't know about Cam McQueen before the World Finals now, uh, you know they definitely do. Uh, after this event. You're absolutely right, Robbie. And uh, Dustin, how about you let us uh, know about the Iron Man truck driven by Leo Donald? Oh, man. You want to talk about a run that got uh, everybody on their feet. This is probably going to be one of the runs that gets overlooked uh, when we go and look back at this event. But it does—it doesn't deserve it. doesn't deserve to be overlooked at all because Leo Donald did a phenomenal job. If you could say anybody had a breakout performance this year in Las Vegas, Leo Donald was it. 
Uh, really just a spectacular run from top to bottom, including one of the, I would say, probably the move of the night if there weren't backflips involved. Uh, another one of those guys that made great use of the backside of that center uh, freestyle stack, getting an absolutely past vertical leap, planting the truck right in the top of that hill, and then walking it down the back of that hill. Absolutely spectacular. Uh, Lee kept going after that, getting some more great air, and then finally finished up with a when he attempted to uh, cross thread the center hill, got a little crossed up and ended up on his lid. But really, Lee did a absolutely spectacular job. Uh, I think he turned a lot of heads in Las Vegas this year. Did just an excellent job, really. I actually thought his run last year was a breakout run, and man, it's got nothing on this one this year. That run, that move that you were talking about, planting the, the rear end of the truck into the top of that big hill in the center, it looked like a wheelie contest run at a small arena. I mean, you'd normally see that out of like a Charlie Parkin or, or you know, a Mark McDonald or somebody like that. And uh, Lee went out there and just absolutely perfect, you know, perfect throttle rhythm. You saw a couple guys go out there and miss their timing or missed how much throttle to put into that jump. And Lee nailed it. And I'm not, I would not be surprised at all if that was exactly what he was trying to do. Uh, he has control over anything with an engine. Uh, you know, you've seen him from his, from his off-road racing days down, now down to the Monster Jam days. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that that truck was also set up a little bit lower than, uh, you know, some of the other vehicles that you saw out there. A uh, little bit lower ride height. Uh, maybe made for a stiffer ride, but also I bet he had a little more control over that and, uh, you know, he probably agreed to take a little extra beating in exchange for some stability in freestyle. It worked out to his advantage for sure. Big congratulations to Lee O'Donnell. This was the first year that he had a Cohen chassis, and uh, it was nice to see him do well. I remember seeing him earlier in the year, the uh, first event of the year, just testing out, getting a feel for the uh, the new chassis he had in Detroit. And uh, did a great job there. And uh, he's carried his momentum all the way into a great performance in Vegas. Definitely big congratulations to Leo Donnell. And he's one to watch out for in the future. He's got a home in Ironman. I absolutely agree with you there, Robbie and Dustin. I mean, it was a great run in that move in the middle like you guys uh, described. It was spectacular. I saw it and was like, man, you know, that's going to be one of those moves that gets lost in the shuffle. The whole freestyle like Dustin was going to is going to get lost in the shuffle. But it was one of the best freestyles I've seen there, and, and, and Lee stepped it up big. Like Robbie alluded to, I thought the same thing he did. I thought last year's was his breakout, but nope, this year he definitely did that. And I'm going to be – and big congratulations to him. And I Absolutely. That was a statement run from Lee O'Donnell. Um, you know, I was actually very surprised to see that his score was just a 28. I really felt like it should have been in the 30 range. I don't know if it could have challenged for the lead. Maybe if he'd have been able to go maybe one or two more jumps longer, you know, he could have been a little bit more in the conversation with, you know, Cam McQueen at that point. But uh, really, hats off to Lee. Phenomenal job. Really looking forward to see what we have in the future for Lee O'Donnell. Now to round out the uh, the first six, we have backdraft, and uh, definitely a disappointment for Jeremy Slifko. Uh, it was just tough to see a run like this after after a season full of fantastic runs. We've been speaking about him all year on the podcast, saying, you know, Jeremy deserves to go to Vegas, Jeremy deserves to go to Vegas. And, uh, you know, he got what he deserved, except for when the event started. You know, he, he had some tough luck, and, uh, you know, I, he was still pretty upset when I spoke to him just a couple of days ago. Um, cares deeply about the sport, cares deeply about the fans and his performance on the track, and those things are all interrelated. Uh, of course, as most people know, went out there and uh, he had what I call a fatigue hit 
and uh, broke a spindle pretty much right off the bat. Uh, was a little short on his jump, but that really didn't have any effect, I, I don't think, on the spindle breaking off. I think it was just more so, as Jeremy put it when he was speaking with me, uh, you know, the, the, the spindle was just worn out, and there was no way to tell uh, that it was worn out until it broke off. Um, he said he's, he beat the heck out of that truck all year long and, uh, you know, the truck took everything he could throw at it. And, uh, this was just, just happened to be the time that it let go. Jeremy spun into a donut, did the best that he could. But, uh, you know, he mentioned in racing as well that, uh, you know, he, he had some problems. Uh, he got comfortable as it went on, but he mentioned a good point that I wanted to throw out there as far as racing. I know we're speaking about freestyle at the moment, but, uh, it also plays into the freestyle part of it. When, you, when you're a rookie and uh, you've never been on the Vegas track before, you're going against guys that have been here, done that, up to 12 times. Uh, in racing, that, that equals maybe, you know, including practices and qualifying runs and all that stuff. They've had upwards of 70 runs down the Vegas track, and I think that's a huge advantage as to somebody that has maybe three at the most. Uh, you know, and if you want to talk about freestyles, 12 to 1 is a pretty big advantage too. And, uh, you know... I hope that they give Jeremy another shot next year. I believe that he should be a mainstay of the world finals with the way that he drives and how good he is with the fans. And, uh, you know, just his effort level is always going to be there. So good luck. Hopefully uh, things go better for Jeremy next year. For sure. It was a little disheartening there. You know, uh, I know all of us here at uh, All Monsters Beyond the Lens, we were all back in Jeremy this year. And uh, it was definitely a little bit disheartening to see that wheel come off like it did. But, you know, if we know anything about Jeremy, is this kid is determined he is going to be back. He's going to have a stellar year. He's going to bounce back. Uh, no doubt in my mind that we'll see him back at the World Finals probably next year. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's game on for Jeremy Slifko. He's going to come back hard. He's going to try and redeem himself. And uh, I'm, now I'm even more looking forward to what we're going to see out of Jeremy Slifko here in the future. Right, Dustin, you just hit the nail on the head. I was about to say that too. I'm actually kind of scared to see what he's going to do next year. He's gonna he's going to be a fantastic driver. It was a sad, you know, it was it was disheartening to me to see that. I was I really felt for the kid, and uh, I know what he can do. We all know what he can do here at AllMonster.com. Next year is just going to be he's going to up his game that much more. So watch out, world. You never know what you're going to get from him. <laughs> Don't even worry about next year. He actually told me he's looking forward to the summer already. So if you see backdraft on your summer schedule at a show near you, uh, definitely take that trip out there. Uh, be sure to check out backdraftmt.com as well. He is a client and has done some great things for us. We will have some video online uh, as soon as possible. So moving on to the next uh, few trucks in the field here. I thought there was another underrated freestyle in Chad Fortune and Superman. He had a, probably, I would say he had the best overall world finals that he's ever had uh, this year. And, uh, you know, he's had some early exits in freestyle, some breakage, some things go wrong. Uh, he's also had some pretty decent runs. But I would say this, this world finals was his best overall world finals to date. He had a, a pretty spectacular wheelie to combo move at the end of his run. There was nothing wrong with his entire run, just a good, solid performance out of Chad Fortune. Thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Chad had a great run, really. I was I was very impressed. Uh, you know, Chad's caught in some flack over the years for maybe not a, not performing up to the standards that are expected of some of the Monster Jam superstars. But really, I would say since the last season, he's really, you could tell, has made a very good effort at picking up his game. And really, he has stepped up phenomenally. Um seen a lot more solid consistent performances and uh 
Really, he uh, continued on a theme which we saw through a lot of the freestyle runs that night, which was, you know, he went the full length of uh, his run. He got a, went to borrow a term from tractor pulling a full pull. Uh, you know, he went the full time in regulation and bonus time. And, uh, you know, he had a great run to show for it. So, uh, you know, tip of the cap to uh, Chad Fortune. He did a great job. Definitely, Dustin. You know, I saw I got to see him twice this year in Indianapolis and in St. Louis here. And uh, he definitely uh, improved from what I saw, and I was really impressed by him in both of those nights. Uh, so I was really glad to see him step it up here at the World Finals and so glad to see how he did in freestyle. Uh, definitely don't think he gets gets the credit he deserves in this freestyle. He did a fantastic job, and uh, I'll be glad to see what he does next year. Next, we had a bit of a scary moment that we have to talk about, otherwise uh, people will ask us. Uh, Brutus, you know, the other half of Team Scream did not enjoy the success that uh, – Avenger did. Um, Chris Bergeron, by all accounts, had one of the scariest crashes that I've seen. I've always sort of wondered if they build cages, you know, to withstand the force of being landed on without any suspension. And, uh, you know, we found the truth out here. Um, I would not be surprised to see Brutus come out with a much sturdier cage uh, next time. He had a backflip. That was uh, only rotated 180 degrees. We wish Chris uh, the best. We understand that he's doing just fine, but uh, you know that's a scary moment. And uh, you know he hit the backflip ramp trying to do what Cam McQueen did and did not succeed. Had a pretty good run going up until that point, but uh, you know unfortunately the focus is going to be on that Brutus had a nasty wreck. And uh, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that just real quick. We wish Chris the best. Well, of course, yeah. We uh, you know the entire team screen camp, whether it be. Jim Kohler, Chris Bergeron, Steve, or any of the guys, really, and Steph, can't forget her. Um, you know, they've all treated us like family over the years. Um, so, you know, it was definitely, it was a very scary moment to see that in person. Uh, my heart was in my throat. And, uh, you know, we were all on pins and needles there for a second, but I was thrilled to see Chris walk away. Um, did get a chance to talk to him for a brief second on Monday. And, uh, you know, he still seemed like he was a little sore. He was a little, you know, out of it just a little bit. He wasn't a hundred percent Chris Bergeron, but uh, you know, I imagine we'll, we'll we'll he'll be back in the saddle here soon. And uh, really, up until that point, he had a fantastic run going. Another one of those guys that made a great use out of that center hill in the track and uh, had another spec had a huge spectacular wheel stand planted it in the top of the ramp, kind of similar to Leo Donnell. He didn't get a chance to walk it down, but. He had some really good wow moments going up until that point, and uh, just unfortunate that it ended the way it did. It was very unfortunate, and and I I was actually uh, watching the live blog that Monster Jam put on, and uh, I got I got you know I got a lot I had the live blog, and I got getting text messages from people. You know, you got anything on Chris? Is Chris okay? And things like that, and and I was trying to uh, text some people there and to see how he was doing, and it was it was scary moment there. I'm glad to see that he got out of the truck and that he's fine. Uh, my best wishes to Chris and everyone else. It was a very scary moment and and something I really don't want to see again happen. But one thing I do want to say quickly, it is a testament to all the safety equipment that the monster truck industry has, from the Hans device to the ISP seats, the seats. Um, and the roll cages, like Robbie said, I bet he's got an even beefier roll cage the next time we see him out. Well, something to mention to go along with that you just reminded me of, Ed, was Kohler and Bergeron both have, if you've ever seen their trucks with the bodies off, which, hey, you know, I'm not going to lie, sometimes their bodies do come off, um, they have 
like a super uh, I forget what the exact material is, but like a basically a bulletproof type super uh, steel metal plating on the top of their trucks, uh, so that if they do happen to roll over into let's say a crush car or something like that, the crush car won't pierce through the cab and injure the driver. And uh, you know I know that Jim's had that on the top of his truck for the longest kind of time. Um, I always thought it was a really good idea, and uh, you know. If Chris didn't have that on his truck, I'm pretty sure he's going to have something like that now. And, uh, you know, Monster Jam's going to take a look at that run. And uh, I think that they're going to change a couple of things. Number one, I think that they're going to change, you know, exactly how much sturdiness they put into their cages. Uh, when I interviewed Adam Anderson a while back when he was running Taz, uh, he mentioned that one of the first things he did to update his chassis was add a little bit of weight. Normally, that's the best way to lose horsepower, but he didn't care. He wanted beefiness in his cage area of the truck, and uh, obviously it's not hurt him one bit. So I think that that's going to be something that's going to be looked out for all the trucks in, in everywhere uh, after seeing a crash like that. And I also think that they're going to look at, at what exactly a monster truck is supposed to backflip off of. It's supposed to be a, an obstacle that can be inconsistent, or if it's supposed to be something like you know a dirt ramp that is a little more consistent. So... We'll get to back to that a little bit later, but for now, uh, we're going to come up with two runs back-to-back in Amsoil, Shock Therapy, and Stone Crusher. I think we can actually lump these into uh, into one conversation, and that is consistency. I think both of these runs, there was absolutely nothing wrong with them. They were spectacular. They had wow moments, uh, you know, full pulls, and, uh, you know, definitely show-out performances for both John Zimmer and Steve Sims. Oh, absolutely! Uh, both of these guys uh, did well in their freestyle runs. weren't any They weren't runs that I think would you know end up contending with the win, considering what we had seen out of Cam McQueen and Leo Donald. But you know they they held up very well in their own right. Uh, unfortunately, Zimmer didn't get into bonus time, but uh, you know he had a good run going. He had some great air. You know, really got a chance to redeem himself after you know I'm sure what he would consider a very disappointing night with racing. And uh, you know, same goes for Steve Sims. You know, he won his first round matchup and then wasn't able to come back. So, uh, you know, he got a chance to kind of get back out there, get a chance to feel the truck out. You know, it's the first time in Vegas for that brand new chassis, and uh, it held up well. And uh, Steve went well beyond the uh, the time limit and the uh, bonus time. And just finally, that truck just couldn't take any more and ended up on its lid. But really, Steve did a great job. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. They did both. They both did great jobs, and redemption's the key for both of them. Uh, first, John Zimmer, you know, he didn't have a good night. Neither did Steve, but uh, really the redemption for me for Zimmer would be uh, from last year, his freestyle. He had a mechanical gremlin come up there, and he wasn't able to do even, he only did one move and got a four. Uh, but he came back and did a lot better this year. Steve Sims, just like Dustin alluded to, he got his redemption. Great seeing both of those guys. Good to see what they're going to do within the coming uh, weeks. Definitely. I did, uh, real quick, I did have the opportunity to speak with Zimmer about his uh, Vegas experience this year. A lot of mechanical gremlins, as we alluded to, had a, had a uh, an issue with a magneto burning up, uh, electrical issues, among other things. And, uh, you know, eventually at the end of this, his run, the reason he didn't get into bonus time was the engine let go. And uh, they basically ran it as hard as they could, as long as they could, uh, knew the risks involved, and, uh, you know, put on a great show. Hopefully Amsoil is, uh, is pleased with that. Uh, there's maximum effort being involved in that entire team. I've witnessed it firsthand, and uh, they just do a fantastic job for Amsoil, for all their sponsors. You know, same thing with Sims and the Stone Crusher team. You know, uh, those are two of the classiest independent teams in the world, and uh, both of them ended up getting awards at the Monster Jam Awards Banquet. So 
congratulations to both of those teams on another Vegas well done. Next up, we move on to uh, two concept trucks, Captain's Curse and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, both of whom had a little bit of a short run in uh, their freestyle. So kind of tough to see Pablo go out there, and uh, he had a, another promising run going. And, uh, yeah, I think Pablo should have probably thrown that truck into reverse a little bit after he rammed into the box truck, that white box truck on the track. But uh, he was probably had all the adrenaline pumping, thinking he could smash through it like Zimmer did earlier in shock therapy. And uh didn't work out for him. And, uh, you know, another fatigue hit for Captain's Curse and Alex Blackwell. His his luck in Vegas hasn't been so good lately, but uh, he did have another good year. And, uh, you know, I know he'll bounce back strong. He's got his identity set in that Captain's Curse truck. Yeah, I really fell for Pablo because it seemed like, you know, he was on his way to really having a great night. I thought after um, qualifying in practice on Friday night, he would probably be one of the guys that would make the top four and then, you know, probably do very well in freestyle. And uh, unfortunately, he had what he would probably consider an early exit in racing. And then, you know, he and like you said earlier, he had a promising freestyle going. Really, was getting some great moves in there, but uh, the truck wasn't quite cooperating. Seemed like he had a little bit of, you know, something was damaged and wasn't handling quite like it should. But uh, you know, unfortunately, he ended up on his later early. But um, and then we get to Alex Blackwell, who was also, you know, he only got in three jumps, but you know, those three jumps were great. And then. You know, that right rear just came right off. You know, there's not really much you can do in that situation. But, uh, you know, Alex had a great year leading up to Vegas. I expect, you know, Alex to continue to build on his momentum from this season. Looking forward to seeing more out of Alex Blackwell here in the future. Okay, and then we had a uh, tale of two runs, I would say. Uh, we had a Medusa and Avenger. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I was not impressed with Medusa's run. I didn't really think much of it. I think that, uh, you know, she t- she took a lot off the gas, uh, you know, was was very conservative. And uh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that at uh, any other event but Las Vegas. I can understand it. But, uh, you know, I think that she was saving up for the backflip. And then once she did it, she overdid it. And uh, I got to say, you know, there were, there were some people out there saying, well, Medusa had a good run, this, that, the other. Uh, I'm not in that camp. I don't think that she did, uh, you know, had a – you know, a spectacular run or anything like that. But uh, I do think that Jim Kohler and Avenger, without a doubt, hands down, was the winner of freestyle. And uh, really can't say enough about Kohler. Uh, you know, as Dustin alluded to earlier, they've always been very accommodating, very, very nice to us, uh, in addition to just fantastic on the track and off it. You know, just... just uh, you know the the model of an independent team that that does a fantastic job. Uh, Kohler drove. Did, you would normally say drove the wheels off a truck, but everything stayed intact and had a fantastic full pull of a run. Uh, just spectacular air, and you could hear about I would say halfway through the run, it seemed like he either didn't have high gear or his something was wrong with his his drivetrain a little bit. It was revving really high, and you could tell he was working to try to get everything he could out of it. And uh, that's exactly what he did. I think Jim Kohler, hands down, was the winner of this World Finals and just well-deserved. Absolutely. Um, You know, watching that run happen in person, I couldn't help but think, is this going to be the year? Is this when he finally gets back into the uh, the winner's seat here in Vegas? And that run, to me, felt quite a lot like World Finals 4. Jim just did a fantastic job. Really, I mean, just some absolutely ridiculous air, just just an excellent run. I mean, really, 
had the truck looked amazing uh you know fly, soaring through the air there at sam boyd stadium uh you know just big hits all around big momentum he was getting everything he possibly could out of that and you could just feel it the whole the atmosphere of that run was amazing uh Kohler just did a phenomenal job. Was really happy to see that he was able to get up there and get a great score that would eventually lead to winning the event. And, uh, you know, hats off to Jimmy. That was a fantastic run and, in my opinion, very much deserving of the win. I absolutely agree with you, Dustin. It was a great run. Like you just said, hats off to Jim and everyone at that crew. They did a fantastic job. Jim did a fantastic job. I was expecting him to to tear the truck up some more, you know, do something with it. I was expecting him to only have three wheels by the end of the night. Proved me wrong. He did a great run. He he was big air, big everything like that, everything you wanted. He didn't do a backflip, but he still won it. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, Medusa's run, Robbie, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, it was, um, you know, in the middle of the pack run, as is, is, is we alluded to, and it was pretty much one of those runs where it's just there, and yeah, she definitely s- telegraphed it for that uh, for that backflip. Yeah, definitely, you know, it's it's just a matter of strategy, and uh, that was her strategy. She stuck to it. Nothing wrong with that. It was just obvious that, uh, you know, a little bit of conservative uh, nature, and if you want to win, I don't think that you can do that at the World Finals. Uh, Kohler had a fantastic save at the start. Also wanted to mention, hey, what feels better than winning in your own equipment? Uh, Kohler builds some of the strongest parts and pieces and has put the blood, sweat, and tears into making those pieces strong enough to take the beatings that he gives. And uh, it's finally turning around in general in the sport where we don't see wheels snapping off as much. We don't see spindles breaking. We don't see parts failing. And, uh, you know, the trucks have finally come around. The technology has really improved to the point that it's not it's not abnormal to see a truck launch 30 feet in the air and land perfectly fine, and I think that's a testament to all the hard work of all the drivers. Another guy that's in that group of the hardworking drivers, got a feel for him again. Uh, Jimmy Creighton and Bounty Hunter went out there with some frustration, obviously, from racing, and uh, I think he cut the best Cyclone Donut of the night uh, after losing his body, had a great run. Uh, you know, once again, Jimmy Creighton has a new chassis underneath him, and uh, you better watch out for him in the future. He doesn't have tired equipment at all. He gets the best out of his equipment. Uh, thinking man's freestyler, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him just go on a huge winning streak this summer. Yeah, Jimmy Creighton had another one of those full pulls, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, great run from top to bottom. You know, it, unfortunately, you know, it was just missing a little something here and there, you know, to push it over the edge and get into challenging for the lead. But really, it was a great run turned in by uh, Jimmy. He did a... Uh, did a great job with that brand new bounty hunter. It looked great flying around the stadium, especially when that body started coming apart and flying off. It looked pretty spectacular. You know, it was definitely, I'm sure Jimmy was taking out some frustration there, you know, coming so close once again. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like you. I'm looking forward to see what Jimmy's going to do with the summer. I, he's done just an amazing job this year with that new piece. Uh, I think it's only going to get better for here from here. For Jimmy Creighton, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, like you said, go on a tear this summer and start picking up wins left and right. Agree 100% with you guys both. This summer for Jimmy's going to be a key. I think he's going to tear everything up uh, on the, the track at least and, and be on fire with that truck. Definitely a learning experience for him with that new piece that he had in racing and freestyle. And, and let's hope that he can finally get that racing title that keeps just keeps uh, falling out of his hands for whatever reason that is. Yep, best of luck to Jimmy Crete and the entire Bounty Hunter team. Next up, we have El Toro Loco with Mark McDonald, another person that has a new chassis this year. Uh, I think that it was an interesting call to throw him into 
his new CRD, Cohen chassis, whatever you want to call it, uh, in El Paso the week before Las Vegas for all accounts. Uh, I believe he had, uh, you know, the El Paso show and then another smaller show to get used to his new chassis before he comes out to Vegas. And, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind when, when he's out there running. You couldn't, you could barely tell the difference. Uh, you know, big, big props to Mark McDonald. He's one of the best drivers in the sport, in my opinion. And, uh, he can, he can slide that truck around. He has the background from racing ATVs doing, you know, just messing around with all sorts of things with an engine. Uh, he's got the throttle rhythm. He's got the timing. It was obvious he was doing his very best out there. Had a three-minute, at least, you know, three-minute-long run. And, uh, you know, just uh, skill personified behind the wheel. Great to see El Toro Loco with another good run in Vegas. Yeah, I think this is a run that might get a little bit overlooked when you, we start talking about some of the better runs from this year in Vegas. And uh, Mark McDonald did a phenomenal job, I think. Uh, you know, really, you know, he did everything you could ask for. Big air, big leaps, uh, cut a donut in there, too. Um and really, I mean, like you said, it was a marathon of a freestyle run. He definitely got a full pull and then some. Uh, you know, he ran for quite a long time. And I think probably something that gets underappreciated a lot, you know, when it comes to Vegas, is that they were able to drive that truck off the track and into the trailer. Uh, you know, absolutely no damage done to that truck, and it held up great. I think in the future with this brand-new chassis, if this piece holds up as well as it did to the abuse that it took in Vegas, uh, look out for Mark McDonald. Because I mean, he's already a phenomenal talent, but uh, with a with a great brand new piece underneath of him, and as well as it held up in Vegas, uh, we could be seeing huge things out of Mark McDonald in the future. Yeah, Dustin, you bring up a good point there. McDonald actually had one of the oldest chassis in the fleet, and uh, went from the oldest to definitely the newest one. Uh, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, uh, per Carl Van Horn from the Diggers Dungeon, um, he let us know that. That chassis was indeed new. We were sitting there looking at pictures online, trying to figure out whose chassis this was, why why McDonald all of a sudden had a new chassis. And the uh, story goes that they didn't quite have it finished up in time for first quarter and uh, had worked on it bits and pieces during the season, and it was finally ready. So they let McDonald give it a rip, and uh, obviously he liked what he saw, or he would have been uh, back in old reliable. And uh, we do mean old. That, was, that chassis was about ready to go. And, uh, you know, had its fair share of beatings given to it by McDonald and many others before him. And uh, so it's good to see McDonald in a new chassis. I like what I saw out of it, and I think he's going to be a player for sure next year. You guys made great points with the chassis, and I thought it was a little weird at first when he did switch it. Uh, when they when they switched it at that point, I would have thought that he'd have been more comfortable driving his old chassis there. But uh, obviously he didn't, as you alluded to. He felt comfortable with that chassis, and he went out and did a fantastic job. I really didn't think he was going to stop his freestyle. I mean, it was it was three minutes, like you guys said, and he could keep going on with the way that he was going. He did a fantastic job. Great job, Mark, and that team. Uh, next up, I did allude to Carl Van Horn. He was the crew chief for our next truck, Lucas Oil Crusader, at the World Finals. Uh, Lindsey Wink had a good run going until he caught a bad bounce. I don't really think there was anything he could have done as a driver to save this. Um, the truck was landing a little stiff uh, in racing, but uh, they did that on purpose. They wanted to uh, have that stability. As we mentioned with uh, Leo Donald's truck being slung a little low to the ground, uh, Lindsey Wink's trucks, to me, every time I've seen it, has seen set up just a little stiffer than the other trucks. And uh, I want to say that's uh, that's driver preference. Um, you know, he I, I got to see him debut this truck uh, back in, uh, you know, a couple years ago now in, uh, in Minneapolis at the Metrodome. And uh, he did a great job, ended up winning freestyle. But you could tell he was a little sore when he hopped out of the truck. 
they were still playing with the shocks a little bit, and it was a very stiff setup for him. Uh, he hasn't gone away from that for racing. And, uh, you know, in Vegas, you don't have multiple jumps to go through. There's just one jump, and that's it. And uh, to get a little stability when you're running down the track at 70 miles an hour is probably an important thing. Not so good for freestyle, though. Looks wild, probably hurts the driver a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was nice to see Lindsay, Lindsay do a good job there. But uh, I think ultimately this run, uh, you know, while good, wasn't in contention for a win. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, the truck, it seems like, you know, for whatever reason in comparison to some of the other, the other you know, chassis in the fleet, it seems like sometimes whenever that truck takes a little bit of an off-center landing, it bites in a lot. Uh, we've seen in previous runs throughout the last couple of years with that particular chassis, you know, if it gets up on the sidewalls after taking a hard rebound, it's really difficult for Lindsay to make that save. Uh, it happened to him in uh, Philadelphia earlier this year and then, you know, this weekend in Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, up until that point, Lindsay had a pretty good freestyle run going. It was kind of like a calculated freestyle run, you know. It's definitely one that was a little more on the technical edge and not so much on the ragged edge. Um, but, you know, up until that point, Lindsay had a good thing going there. I don't know if it would have been in contention to win, but, uh, you know, it was a solid run overall. Exactly. I agree with you guys uh, fully. It was a solid run. Wouldn't have won it. Uh, nothing really that Lindsay could have done in that situation like you guys alluded to. Uh, I thought the real big thing that was interesting is what Robbie said with uh, Carl Van Horn being his crew chief. Talk about two guys working together. I mean, you got Carl who, I mean, we all know what he's done with shocks and stuff like that in a truck set up with Lindsay who who was a really good driver himself and, and can and do great things in a truck. So those two pairings, that had been kind of interesting to uh, see if those two team up later on and, and see how those two could drive together. It would be kind of interesting to see from my, my point of view at least. Definitely a good point there. We'll have to stay tuned and uh, you know see what happens with the summer. You can see a lot of guys you know being flip-flopped around uh, on the Europe Tour and now the ever-expanding summer tour stateside. So definitely be interesting to see what comes out of that. And next up, we have the Mohawk Warrior, George Belhan, in his maiden run underneath this name in competition. He debuted it here last year for the short encore on the Obsession chassis, but uh, this time he brought the Mohawk Warrior out, has had a good season by all accounts so far, and uh, continued that with a solid run in Vegas, a couple nice slap wheelies, ended on a donut. You know, Belhan has uh, had a lot of full pulls this year. I noticed that right away in Minneapolis, you know, Good solid run, big slap wheelie, you know, and uh, ended on his donut. That's his trademark, and uh, you know, nothing wrong with the run there. Once again, I don't know if he would have contended for a win just because there wasn't too much of a ragged edge. But I do enjoy seeing these full pull runs that, uh, as Dustin mentioned with Mark McDonald, you know, you can drive them off the track, and uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. I did uh, exchange a few quick messages with Bellhand, and uh, he was happy with it. You know, two good Vegases in a row for him. You know, it seemed he couldn't catch a break before and uh you know now he's uh he's had a couple good vegases in a row it's got to give him a confidence boost yeah he actually caught a couple of good breaks this year in las vegas uh you know he was eliminated in the first round but then was able to come back after both stone crusher and Enzo shock therapy were unable to return so he got a got a bit of a reprieve in racing got a chance to go a few more rounds and then you know carried on with some of that you know good performance and had a great freestyle run um you know, I think one of the themes that we had this year in the World Finals is that we had a lot of full runs, something we hadn't seen from other World Finals. Uh, you know, a lot of the times the track chewed up trucks and spit them out. And uh, this year we saw a lot of guys go the distance, and I think that's a testament to the – I wouldn't say it was a more uh, tamed or toned down track, but it was still – the obstacles were absolutely huge. 
but I think there was a lot more of a thought process that went into how they made this course, and I think it, it paid dividends when you started looking at, when you start looking at some of these runs and the number of full length runs we had. Uh, George was just another one of those guys that went out there and got the most out of the track and his truck and did a great job in the process. Exactly, Dustin. Uh, you guys make great points. He was able to get the most out of his truck, most out of the track, and. I, you know, that was great to see. I really got to compliment him on that. And, and even the, you know, we talked about, you just talked about the track. You got to compliment the crew for talking to the actual drivers this year and getting their input on the track after last year. So that was great to see. And uh, let's hope they continue doing that with all the, all the tracks throughout the rest of the season and the year. Definitely. That's, that is a fantastic point. And that was something that I wanted to hit on when we wrap this up. Now that we're here, we're going to, I'm going to mention it too. You know, hats off to the officials for, uh, you know, getting input from the drivers on on this track i think it was one of the most well built in vegas history i love that center jump i love the little transitional jumps in the middle if you noticed you know on uh, on each end of the track there was a big jump and then a smaller sort of transition jump uh that that was sort of like uh if you ever watch skateboarding or anything like that it's sort of like a box ramp you know in between you can do you can do a quick move in between uh you could hit it a number of different ways you see like cam mcqueen and uh and chris bergeron pogoed a little bit on the middle um, you could do several different things with the obstacles. There was versatility in the obstacles, but they weren't so big that, uh, you know, we would talk about like last year and uh, even the year before that in Las Vegas, you know, are they outgrowing the Vegas track? I didn't really think about that this year. And I think that's a testament to the way the track was built. You know, you didn't see trucks, you know, uh, doing building damage this year. Really, I didn't see any of it. And, uh, you know, you got to be happy with that, and uh, that's that's something that is just a testament to the officials being willing to listen to the drivers and use their input to make a great track. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the course this year I felt was really well done. Uh, you know, hats off to everybody from top to bottom, whether it be you know the higher ups or just the dirt crew in general. Uh, not only was it a fantastic track for the guys to compete on, but it looked great as well. Um, you know, that center jump produced some of the most exciting moments of the night, and. Uh, you know, really, it was it it really challenged a lot of the drivers. You know, while it allowed the trucks to be able to last and be able to keep going and you know be able to do full runs, you know, you couldn't just go out there and putt around and expect to get the score. I mean, we saw what happened with Medusa, where she was a bit more conservative in her approach, and then you know try to cap it off with a big backflip, and it bit her. You know, you had to go out there and you had to run hard. And, uh, you know, the, you know it, and really the best drivers, I think, shown through. You know, we saw a lot of technicality. We saw a lot of creativity when it came to the freestyle runs on this course. And uh, I think the track design really played a big part in that. Agreed. And the one thing that I really liked about it uh, was the fact that you really didn't see the same thing being done over and over again like you had in some of the previous World Finals. So like I said before, big hats off to, the, to uh, Monster Jam, the track crew, and everyone else for uh, putting out a great track. That's actually a point. If you guys wanted to hear a little bit more about that from the officials that uh, had a hand in designing the track and listening to the drivers, Andrew Palachko of Monster Jam made a great point. Uh, he said, you know, if you build a track a certain way, you're going you're gonna to see 24 runs, and then 20 of them are going to look the same. And uh, if you check out YouTube, they actually did an interview with him, uh, Monster Jam Online did. And, uh, you know, that, that's got some good information in there. It gives you an insight into how this track was built and what goes through Monster Jam officials' heads when they do have a track design in mind. There's a lot that goes into it, and uh, that's definitely a good one to check out. Good information in that interview. Um, as well, we're heading into the next, uh, you know, the back half of the field. 
the heavy hitters, if you will, and uh, you know had a couple of disappointments uh, right away on this half of the half of the field, unfortunately, in Grinder and Monster Mutt. Uh, Lupe Sosa had a hit that uh, I think personally he misjudged a little bit uh, coming up to the back half of that that uh, big center jump that we were speaking about. Came up a little short and uh, paid the price for it with a rollover real early. Uh, then moving on to Monster Mutt, Charlie Pawkin was trying to defend his world championship and uh, had what he told me was a 10-cent piece go bad on the truck and uh, keep him from continuing a run that looked promising. Um, this looked like it was a track that I thought, man, you know what? Charlie's going to be one of the dudes that uh, that repeats and uh, you know has a, has a real opportunity to win another freestyle championship here. Um, I thought that this was... Uh, you know, similar in some ways to the tracks we saw on the Europe Tour that he absolutely dominated in freestyle last year. And uh, it was just, it was unfortunate to see him have a problem that kept the truck from continuing on. Most definitely. It felt that like you could feel that Chucky was on his way to something great. Um, you know, he came right out the box and was charging it. Uh, you know, he he was, he probably hit that center jump going the length, going the length of the stadium the hardest, hardest out of anybody in the field. And, uh, you know, Got some great air, you know, in his short run, and it's it's just a shame that, you know, something like that would keep him from being able to, you know, reclaim his title. Uh, you know, he was on his way to greatness. It's just a shame that something like that happened. Totally agree, Dustin. It, it you know, after seeing uh, Jimmy Creighton's run and uh, Jimmy Kohler's run, both of those runs, I had high expectations for Chucky. I thought that uh, after seeing those two, the Thinking Man's Freestylers, as we had put it so uh, alluded to earlier with an earlier podcast, I thought that he'd have the same fate as them and, uh, you know, have that. But having that part go bad on him, it was just, it was heartbreaking to see. Definitely good uh, points all around there, guys. And, you know, we move on in the field after that disappointment. I thought this was uh, a great run from Air Force after Burner and Damon Bradshaw. Um, He mentioned in an interview that Monster Jam did, that uh, he wasn't so so certain that this track was going to be one that that he enjoyed uh, as much as the bigger, more technical tracks uh, like we saw in World Finals 11. Um, I saw his point. You know, I understood. Uh, he thought what he basically said was, you know, I think I can I can make this track happen. You know, a track like World Finals 11 happen, and uh, you know I can control my truck well, and I enjoyed being one of the only people that could do that. And, uh, you know, I won't say they dumbed the track down because I don't believe that that's the case. But uh, that was the idea I sort of heard out of Damon in his interview with Spencer Hewitt on MonsterJam.com. And uh, that's an interesting interview to check out as well because you get to hear, uh, you know, Damon's mindset. But uh, couldn't tell a difference out of him once he hit the track. I thought, uh, you know, once again, I've alluded to it before, uh, Air Force lands like a a very unique, in a very unique way. I think it soaks up jumps great. Uh, but it also still has the rebound in the front end to get slap wheelies. And uh, boy, did Damon ever get one in this track. I mean, that was a fantastic slap wheelie that he did. Textbook. Absolutely cool. You know, it was great to see driver control in uh, in the truck once again from Damon Bradshaw. Yeah, Damon really had a great run. Uh, you know, it was one of those runs that, he, you know, he was straddling that line between, you know, being calculated and very aggressive. Uh, we saw Damon really attack the course in ways that other drivers hadn't up until that point. Uh, we talked about some of the smaller jumps earlier, you know, in between, you know, the freestyle lanes. Damon was going after those in different ways. You know, in one way, he kind of walked a wheel stand over it and then, you know, moved on to his next jump. And then one of the other times he came through that same spot, 
he absolutely blasted off of that hill with some fantastic air. I think probably the biggest air out of anybody that got from those uh, from those jumps. Um, you know, and then that that slap wheelie was unbelievable. Really, just walking it so far. That was an excellent wheel stand, and you know, all in all, a great run turned in by Damon Bradshaw. Uh, the beast from the east definitely shown that night in Vegas. Uh, you know, he was definitely one of the contenders there to win with that run. He just came up a few points short. Oh, yeah, agree, Dustin. Uh, I agree with you totally there, Dustin. That wheel stand that wheelie that he did was spectacular. Uh, definitely on Robbie's point, the way that his chassis, that his suspension soaks up the hits and is still able to do that is just, it's phenomenal. Uh, I got to see him in, in St. Louis and Indianapolis and uh, firsthand seeing that. It's definitely a sight to see because you don't, you, you don't see many chassis do that, and it's definitely something to, interesting to see. And if he was ever to get into a new chassis, I'm kind of interested to see how he would how that would uh, react with him. And hats off to his crew chief, Cody Saucier, who uh, is n- who not only was uh, my favorite cab driver in Vegas as he uh, picked me up from the airport, but uh, you know he's done a fantastic job filling the void of Jesse Barden, otherwise known as Twig, you know, with his unfortunate passing. Uh, you know, he stepped into a tough situation and has done a fantastic job and uh, really has worked very well with Damon. Uh, Cody actually mentioned to me on our ride to the hotel that when he was working on the truck, he was turning the motor by hand and discovered that there was something not quite right. And this was, I guess, Tuesday afternoon. He discovered something wasn't quite right with the motor when he was turning it by hand. And it turns out after he had just replaced the transmission in the truck, then he discovered they had a bad flywheel. And, you know, maybe some other crew chiefs maybe wouldn't have taken the dedication that Cody Saucier had in, you know, checking everything out from top to bottom. You know, they could have very well gone out there, ran that truck in practice on Thursday night and discovered that they had a pretty bad problem and things could have gone haywire from there. But Cody Saucier, one of the best crew guys in the business, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, it's a great for Damon to have somebody like that that he can rely on that's going to put out a great truck every time that he gets behind the wheel. You cannot underrate the fact that if you have a good crew chief as a driver, your confidence goes up. Uh, Dennis Anderson and Dustin Brown, obviously that's the combination that a lot of people talk about. Brandon Lambert as well with Tom Mintz. Uh, you know, the crew chiefs are starting to get more recognition because it is important to give that confidence out there. And uh, that, that point that you just made there about the flywheel, Dustin, is is invaluable, you know, for a crew chief to, to be so thorough as to, to catch problems before they happen. Um, you know, what if Cody hadn't found that flywheel problem and, and Damon went out there and had a breakage right away, you know, that, that kills his confidence. And, uh, that's something that you can't, you can't just go back and, and, and get right away, you know, and, and that's, that's just invaluable. Uh, you know, great piece of information there. Hey, hats off to Cody for the cab driving as well. Um, now, somebody that that uh, did some did some definite monster truck driving was Adam Anderson. Uh, Grave Digger, the legend, had a run that was short and sweet. I think this was one of the most unique runs I've ever seen in my life for the simple fact that uh, after one of the most amazing saves I've ever seen in a monster truck, uh, Adam literally could not move the truck. Uh, he brought Grave Digger, the legend, down after a horrible bounce did what I would consider like a cartwheel, nose-spin, half-gainer, and uh, saved the truck. But uh, in the process of hammering his foot through the floorboard trying to bring it back down, he, he broke uh, like three of the four corners of the truck and could not go anywhere. 
guys, what are your thoughts on this? I thought personally it was one of the best saves I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a phenomenal save. It's just unfortunate that it pretty much brought his run to a screeching halt. Uh, Adam tried as hard as he could to get that truck to move, but it was going nowhere. Um, you know, really unfortunate. I felt like this year Adam was, you know, set to really get back out there and really, def- you know, get a good shot at defending his title. But once again, just bad luck bit him early on in his run. Uh, you know, he came right out the box with a massive leap over that center jump. And it's just really unfortunate that, you know, while making a spectacular save, that he broke the truck in such a way that he couldn't continue on. After seeing Charlie Pawkins freestyle and uh, Indy with the saves that he did there, I didn't think many people would be able to top that this year. But Adam, he definitely showed me that uh, that I was wrong. That, Like you guys said, that was one of the best saves I've ever seen. And uh, that just shows how great and how in control Adam is with that truck. And I'm hats off to him for that. And uh, definitely sad to see uh, that he was not able to continue. But, man, that was a save and a half. Good points all around, guys. We move on next to Maximum Destruction, your world racing champion. Uh, Once again, you know, I don't think there's really too much to say here. Tom went out there on kill. Um, I think at this point, you know, once you hit the back half of the field and you see, you know, hey, Kohler's still in the lead. He had a full pull. He had a fantastic run went all out i think as a driver your your plan does change a little bit and you you think man you know uh sort of sort of like what happened with charlie pawkin last year when he had that no doubter of a freestyle everybody behind him sort of set up and took notice and was like man i gotta change this a little bit i can't be conservative at all i have to go out here and just hammer it and uh you know hope for the best in in some ways and uh you know uh, when we've seen tom win racing he has let loose even more than usual in freestyle uh, and I think if you combine that with the fact that Kohler put in a fantastic run, he thought, man, I, I think Tom was uh, sitting there behind the wheel thinking, man, you know, I just got to go for it. And if it happens, it happens. And, uh, you know, for Tom, unluckily, he caught a he caught a bad bounce, broke a little bit. Uh, you know, I believe he uh, locked up a planetary. Something in the rear wasn't pulling. And, uh, you know, short but sweet for him, uh, not in contention for a win spectacular as usual yeah it was definitely a spectacular run while it lasted tom mentz was on kill there it's just unfortunate you know breakage came into play there uh tom had a spectacular run going really but when he got crossed up and kind of he smacked that center hill and it just it locked up one of the rear planetaries there i believe and you know that's gonna you know tom mentz is one of those guys that's very good at overcoming adversity and working with you know a broken truck but in that situation it was gonna take uh, you know from top to bottom and near perfect run to take the lead and you know it just didn't happen there for tom okay and finally we get to the end uh this was the problem dennis anderson didn't have a truck with an engine in it uh because he kicked a rod in racing the decision was made to bring out chad tingler's gravedigger for dennis to drive uh it was obvious to me in watching this a uh, couple things first the shocks weren't working quite the way that dennis is used to uh for this truck uh, worked great for Chad Tingler, as we've alluded to. He had some fantastic runs this year, was on kill all year. And, uh, you know, he caught some bad luck in Spider-Man as far as his freestyle goes. Uh, but as far as Dennis, uh, this wasn't the truck that he was used to. I think he put in a couple of great moves. And, uh, you know, I don't think that he looked completely at home in the truck. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him. It's tough to adjust to, to different trucks. People think they're all the same. Uh, not the case. You, you can tell Dennis was uh, trying to feel it out at first. Had a couple of soft hits in there, uh, you know, just trying to see how the suspension was going to work, how the truck was going to react. And, uh, you know, he threw a couple big hits in there, was trying to get it going, and uh, unfortunately snapped a wheel off and rolled over early. 
yeah, I think it was pretty clear that Dennis wasn't all that comfortable in that truck. Uh, you know, it, you know, when you are in a truck for as long as he's been in Gravedigger 20, there's just that level of comfort you have in there. And then to all of a sudden jump into a different chassis, you know, it, it's a hard thing for him to do. Um, you know, they, you know, hats off to Dustin Brown, OB, the whole crew for trying as best as they could to get that truck ready to roll for Dennis to go out there and freestyle. But, you know, he obviously wasn't comfortable. You know, he took it easy for those first couple of hits, as you said, trying to feel out that truck. And then finally he blasted off that bus stack with some huge air. But, you know, once he made that last hit, you know, the truck just took an awkward bounce, snapped a wheel off, and it was game over for Dennis Anderson. Exactly, Dustin. I agree with you 100%. And Robbie, too. It was it was definitely uh, definitely bad luck for Dennis and not being able to use his own chassis and have to jump in someone else's chassis. Uh, big big hats off, like you just said, to the crew for trying that out. And it uh, definitely at least the fans were able to see Dennis going out there for freestyle. But something tells me Dennis would be even happier with what happened during Encore, though. Definitely a great segue there. Uh, first up, we had uh, three Encores in total. Um, I got to say, I wasn't happy with two of them. Uh, that's just personal opinion, but that's what we're here for is to go a little beyond the lens. Uh, you know, people know Grinder had an Encore uh, with three trucks. Maxim Instruction had an Encore with three trucks. And uh, then we're going to save Son of a Digger for last. So uh, getting into a Grinder Encore, I think that, uh, you know, for a title sponsor, uh, you know, things didn't go to plan. That happens sometimes. And, uh, you know, I give all the credit in the world for uh, the three the three grinder drivers and their crews for uh, you know putting their best foot forward, doing their very best. Things just didn't work out too well for them this year, uh, as far as Vegas goes. I think Frank Kermel had a fantastic year behind the wheel of grinder. Uh, you know, picked up multiple racing victories and was very aggressive in freestyle. And uh, you know, it was good to see uh, Frank and Lupe you know go out there and give their best. Uh, I just didn't really think that this encore was fitting for a title sponsor. You know, they came out there did a couple donuts. Uh, the center jump was uh, spectacular, you know, big air there, but uh, then that was it. It was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I didn't want to see the title sponsor wreck their trucks or anything, but I thought maybe there could be a little more to that. Um, you know, I'm sure they were focused on the racing and the freestyle, of the actual event parts. So, uh, you know, I give them a pass, but uh, it would have been nice to see, you know, a couple more hits, a couple more moves out of uh, each of the trucks. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that it was a lackluster performance, but, you know, it it was kind of lingering. It left you left you thinking there was something more to give there. But uh, you know, the guys definitely you know they put some thought into it. There was a little bit of orchestration there. But you got to wonder what their thoughts were. You know, before going into that encore, they probably didn't even know what what the status of their trucks would be if all three of them would be able to go, or you know, you know how much time or how much planning they could have had involved in it. You know, it ended up looking all right, but you know. It, you know, it definitely wasn't quite the train wreck that was the uh, Maximum Destruction Encore. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a really good point. Uh, my favorite part of the Maximum Destruction Encore was Neil Elliott's save at the very beginning. He was the first truck in that train. And uh, from there, i got to be honest, I, I did not enjoy seeing two trucks, uh, you know, basically roll over on purpose. And, uh, you know, that, that happens in Monster Jam sometimes. I won't sit here and lie to you, but... Uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned with the grinder thing, I'm sure there was some thought and planning put into this. Uh, it just didn't go to plan. Uh, I believe it was Craig's truck. Uh, he left early, and uh, they were trying to do sort of like a fountain crash like they tried last year with uh, the three grave diggers, and uh, it just didn't work out for him. Um, 
Tom Mintz came out in a truck, I believe it was the uh, Dragon's Breath ca- chassis, you know, skinned with a little Maxim Destruction body. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, that's not my cup of tea. Maybe it works for some other people, but uh, I just didn't enjoy seeing, uh, you know, a hit like that. Yeah, I mean, the opening was phenomenal. I mean, when those guys came out there and, and that, you know, I guess you could say it was like a train jump you would see in freestyle motocross where the three of them came right out and just, you know, bonsai that jump and then you know neil had an amazing save really i mean that was that got the whole crowd's attention there because it was a wild opening and then you know with them going over the center of the jump all three trucks get massive air over that jump and then we lined up for the uh the i guess you could say the finale and uh it, like you said it was just it, it, things didn't go quite to plan for those guys uh you know it, it definitely looked messy um, you know, you have one truck kind of jumping over the other and smashing into the other, and it just, it definitely didn't go to plan. I don't think those guys wanted it to look like that. I think the idea was that they were going to, like, I believe I had heard something about the the thought was that they would drive up the side of the one Max D sitting in the middle and kind of simultaneous backflip off of it. Um, I don't see how that could have happened. The ramp wasn't built r- built to, you know, accommodate that. Um I don't, and plus it would have taken pretty much near perfect timing and you know driving ability to pull that off. Uh, it definitely it looked like a mess, but uh, you know, you know, tip of the cap to them for trying, but it was uh, it was definitely off. No, I agree with you guys. I I was not a fan of whatever they tried to do. Uh, I went back and watched the video a few times, um, and definitely in the video you can see Tom on the side cueing the guys on and telling them when to go. And uh, it was actually Neil didn't see Tom uh, lift, uh, not lift his hands, but drop his hands. Craig did, and uh, Craig went on time, and Neil went way late. Uh, I don't know what they had planned. If that black backflip thing was planned, I think it was a horrible spot, like Dustin said. Uh, The one thing I want to say about the grinder is um, I actually didn't mind it. Uh, It could have been a little bit bigger, but I kind of think the reason it wasn't so big is because they were saving up because they knew what Ryan Anderson was going to do in the Son of a Digger. Well, uh, there's a few different schools of thought as far as this son of a digger thing. couple thoughts right away. First off, that truck looks amazing and performs even better than it looks. Uh, that truck is going to be a beast. And uh, Ryan Anderson, you know, when I first saw him drive, uh, I thought, man, this, this kid's going to get it. You know, by the end of the weekend in Council Bluffs, Iowa, his debut in the Monster Mutt, he was running right alongside Mark McDonald. And, uh, you know, before that had had about an hour and a half, according to him, of seat time total. You would think that, uh, you know, the son of a digger literally would have a lot of time in the truck and so on and so forth. But uh, he's a quick learner and uh, it showed. I mean, he he wasn't in a truck, you know, more than once or twice the entire year due to injury and came right out and had a run that I'm here to tell you, if he was scored in that run, we would have been talking about, you know, Freestyle World Champion 2011 at uh, Ryan Anderson. That was just a fantastic run. Um, in in the interview post Vegas, uh, Ryan mentioned that he really hadn't had any plans to do what he did on the track. He had about one hit planned, and from there it was uh, off the cuff. And uh, you know, I'm here to tell you if he if he does runs like that when he doesn't plan them, I'd be scared to see what he does when he plans them. That was just an amazing run. Uh, the best backflip that I've ever seen. Uh, couldn't have done it any better. 
Uh, there's a couple views out there on uh, on YouTube already, and uh, you know those those runs uh, from whatever angle. The, you know Ryan's Ryan's run just looked amazing. He called it the best night of his life, and uh, I don't doubt it. That was just a fantastic ending to a World Finals. Oh, absolutely! That was a barn burner of a freestyle. I mean, from seeing that in person, the adrenaline rush I got from watching that run was phenomenal. Uh, just just an amazing performance. I mean, for the first time seeing that truck go out there and run. I mean, I saw this truck from the time it was being built in the shop to now seeing it as a finalized piece. Holy smokes, what a run. Um, you know, Ryan went out there and put it down and uh, put it down like those Anderson boys know how to do best. Uh, you know, I've seen Ryan drive pretty much anything and everything from the son of a digger mud truck to, you know, the... Uh, the suburban trucks he's driven around in the stunt shows at uh, Dennis Anderson's Muddy Motorsports Park. Uh, the kid can flat out drive anything with four wheels and probably anything else with as many wheels as you want. Um, you know, just just an amazing performance. And uh, really, this this run is caught on like wildfire. Uh, you know, it, this has gone completely viral. Uh, we've seen recently where it's seen it's been popping up on uh, various websites like Jalopnik, a uh, very well known. Uh, you know, car blog to uh, where it is. It was on uh, Attack of the Show on G4 last night, as well as Inside Edition. Uh, you know, this has caught on like wildfire. You know, people are taking notice. Ryan Anderson uh, just came out with a bang. You uh, definitely put it that Ryan Anderson definitely came out with a bang. Seeing the video was uh, it was it was just awesome. I'm so happy for him coming back from the injury. And uh, things like that. Seeing that backflip, like Robbie said, one of the best backflips you could see in a monster truck. Uh, he timed it perfectly, did everything perfectly, and I'm really happy for him. Congratulations, Ryan! And I'm even, I'm really, really glad that the videos went viral. I think it's kind of funny to me, uh, and all the things that we're seeing it in the different places that Dustin just said. It's pretty awesome to see that, uh, and definitely awesome to see the reaction from Dennis Anderson and everyone else there on some of the YouTube videos is pretty priceless, and definitely know it was a special moment for everyone uh, in the uh, mantra truck community. What better way to end a World Finals than with a run like that? And, uh, you know, through the ups and downs, we've appreciated you listening to us talk monster trucks for over a year now. I want to thank you for listening to Beyond the Lens. We will be back next week. We're going to talk about the second quarter of Monster Jam and all the other promoters. Checkered Flag has a big schedule planned. We've got a you know show in Pocatello, Idaho coming up. We're going to keep coming with, coming with all this information, all the news, and go Beyond the Lens with you every week. Want to thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at allmonster.com on track. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash allmonstervideos. For Dustin, Ed, I'm Robbie. We will see you next week. I just want to take this quick second and thank every one of you guys for listening. I really want to thank everyone here at All Monster for the help. Josh Roach, Jeremy Puglisi, Chris Kalen, Robbie Hot, Dustin Hart, Steve Perry, Chris Cleveland, everyone else. I really want to thank the drivers that appeared on this show. I also want to thank all the drivers around the world. I want to thank all the promoters around the world and all the fans around the world for listening. And that's it for this edition of the AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. On behalf of everyone here at the show, please tune in next time and thank you.